Hello, and wherever you are today, the Lord be with you. I'm Jeremy Thomas. I'm the hub leader in the Wigan South Parish of Church Wigan. It's Monday the 18th of May, and our passage today is Acts chapter 19, verses 21 to 41. After all this had happened, Paul decided to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia. After I've been there, he said, I must visit Rome also. He sent two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, to Macedonia, while he stayed in the province of Asia a little longer. At about that time, there arose a great disturbance about the way. A silversmith named Demetrius, who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought in a lot of business for the craftsmen there. He called them together, along with the workers in related trades, and said, You know, my friends, that we receive a good income from this business. And you see and hear how this fellow Paul has convinced and led astray large numbers of people here in Ephesus and in practically the whole province of Asia. He says that gods made by human hands are no gods at all. There is danger not only that our trade will lose its good name, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be discredited, and the goddess herself, who is worshipped throughout the province of Asia and the world, will be robbed of her divine majesty. When they heard this, they were furious and began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Soon the whole city was in uproar. The people seized Gaius and Aristarchus, Paul's travelling companions from Macedonia, and all of them rushed into the theatre together. Paul wanted to appear before the crowd, but the disciples would not let him. Even some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul, sent him a message begging him not to venture into the theatre. The assembly was in confusion. Some were shouting one thing, some another. Most of the people did not even know why they were there. The Jews in the crowd pushed Alexander to the front and they shouted instructions to him. He motioned for silence in order to make a defence before the people. But when they realised he was a Jew, they all shouted in unison for about two hours, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. The city clerk quieted the crowd and said, Fellow Ephesians, doesn't all the world know that the city of Ephesus is the guardian of the temple of the great Artemis and of her image, which fell from heaven? Therefore, since these facts are undeniable, you ought to calm down and not do anything rash. You've brought these men here, though they've neither robbed temples nor blasphemed our goddess. If then Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a grievance against anybody, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. They can press charges. If there is anything further you want to bring up, it must be settled in a legal assembly. As it is, we are in danger of being charged with rioting because of what happened today. In that case, we would not be able to account for this commotion since there is no reason for it. After he said this, he dismissed the assembly. For the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The location of Ephesus 
is an archaeological and tourist treasure. But if it were not for Paul and Luke's account here in Acts 19, we would never have heard of Demetrius of Ephesus and the riot he led that filled an amphitheatre. One can only imagine, in the most tribal of modern football stadia, post-lockdown of course, a chant like theirs, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. It would have been loud, as the amphitheatre in Ephesus had the same capacity as the DW Stadium. Yet these people were not chanting and up in arms because of a religious affront to their worship of the goddess, but a challenge to the economics of their livelihoods which relied on visitors to the temple buying what they sold. Change was happening and the silversmiths were not happy with losing their financial security. Paul spent five years in Ephesus connecting and teaching every day. Many came to faith. Commitment, building of relationships, teaching, serving, brought him and those who became followers of Jesus into close and authentic contact with ordinary people. Their witness and the promise of the hope and the freedom that Jesus offers had begun to seriously change the culture of the city. The grievance of the mob in Ephesus is something that resonates down the ages because we know that wherever the gospel is preached and heard, it will change those whose lives are focused on idols as the temple-goers were. Just as true today, the gospel challenges the love of the idols of this time. It challenges those who would profit from them and therefore challenges the very culture of this age. Paul's solution was ageless. All he did was to offer the way, the truth and the life of Jesus and encourage the Christians of Ephesus to share with and serve the people. More and more came to faith and less and less were tied to the old that bound them. The primary cause of the rebellion in Ephesus was that the gospel had changed lives and shaken the status quo. We pray for Church Wigan and for the people of God in this place to be a growing movement and influence, like Paul and the Ephesian Christians, effecting culture change as more and more people come to faith in Jesus. We pray that the love of God is understood increasingly and that in this Easter season we may be such a catalyst and a witness to all that Jesus is doing that it becomes impossible to not know that Jesus is alive and at work in this place. Pray with me as together with disciples of Jesus across Wigan, throughout Liverpool Diocese and around the world, we pray in the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. God bless you today and every day.